0: You're listening to a High Voltage Radio Network podcast. Find more at HighVoltageradio.com. Autobots transform! (laughs) And knowing is half the battle. Micro Machine Man presenting the most midget miniature motorcade of micro machines. Each one has dramatic details, perfect trim, defended styling, precision paint jobs, working wheels. Micro Machine cars of every variety, including Lamborghini, Trans Am, Corvette, Silverado, Ford Blazer, Pickup Charger, and many more. Micro Machine planes, polished, perfect precision, like F-15, Corsair, Space Shuttle, P-51 Mustang. Micro Machine boats, a fabulous fleet of tugs, PTs, and speedboats. Talk about small! Micro Machines are less gargantuan than a red-hopper, as midget as a marvel and smaller than a silver dollar. He does. You want to get more Micro Machines to add to our collection? Yeah. A miniature midget colossal collection of Micro Machines. Collect them, trade them, race them. The Micro machines set sold separately from glue. They're really small. What is up everyone and welcome to the pilot episode of Masters of the Retroverse Uh, Just a little bit of an introduction, well this is going to be kind of more of an introduction episode uh, More than anything, just to kind of let you guys know who I am And what this show is going to be all about Uh, My name's Adam, well some of you may know me from my other show, Axology Where we talk uh, guitars and uh, music and all that good stuff But this one's going to be a little bit more on the other end of the spectrum. I'm not really going to talk too much about music. This show is going to be more about um, 80s and 90s pop culture. Uh, We're going to get into toys. Uh, We're going to talk about eh, maybe some music. Uh, Not too heavily, though. Uh, TV shows, cartoons, comics, whatever you want to talk. Uh, This is going to be probably a bi-weekly show. It uh, kind of depends on on how how you know how your responses to the show and and how much you like it. Uh, may try to get other people on. We have a lot of friends uh, that that are into a lot of the same stuff on Facebook. So I figured, uh, what the heck? Might as well just give me this format to uh, discuss it all. And uh, my wife kind of gets tired of hearing me talk about all the crap that I love, like you know, He Man, Voltron, Transformers, Star Wars. And you know, all the stuff that we used to uh, really, really dig back when we were kids. Now I'm not going to give you my whole life story. Uh, I just want to give you guys enough to know a little bit about me and 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 where I come from. Um, I was born in uh, late '70s, so that would put me put my prime childhood uh, around that oh well, 1983 to um, you know '90. Two ninety-three, something like that. Uh, when I was really into toys and, and all the stuff, um, you know, before I became a teenager and became too cool for all that stuff, and that's really whenever I got into the guitar stuff. You know, um, I remember as a kid, uh, one of my biggest things was was Star Wars. Uh, it was I, I still have a huge collection of Star Wars toys. Um, fortunately, my dad was was um, smart enough to. Keep all this stuff for me. Uh, so now, as I'm older and as I, you know, I have kids of my own, have a family of my own, uh, I, I have uh, I'm able to have all that stuff on display and kind of show my kid what what it was like when I was a kid. You know, some of the stuff we had. We don't have all the crap that, we, that they have now uh, with all the fancy video games and internet and all that stuff. So um, I have, you know, I have all my toys. Most of them displayed on shelves. Um, in my little area of the house. And my son, it's just the coolest thing because he will sit there and just stare at these toys. He loves looking at them. Uh, he's actually gotten so involved in them uh, that that he's he started a collection of his own of vintage toys from my era. Um, he's really into Star Wars. Uh, I ended up coming across um, a lady that had a bunch of Star Wars toys for sale. I got an AT-AT. I got um, I got a Landspeeder. I got an X-wing fighter. I got an extra an extra Millennium Falcon. Uh, just, it was just a tub of stuff this lady was getting rid of, and I ended up getting it. And I have doubles of most of that stuff. So I gave uh, well, besides the Millennium Falcon and the AT-AT, uh, I gave. Uh, some of that stuff to my kid and he loves it you know he takes very good care of it and uh he, you know he's five so that uh, that really says a lot for a kid that young to really understand what some of these toys are and what they mean to me and to mean that much to him so i really urge if you have a lot of these toys uh make sure you share them with your kids you know they i'm sure just like my son they'd love to see what 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 it was like when you were a kid uh, that's something that uh, my, my good friend Compton Eric over at the Mustache Castache Stash uh, uh, podcast, he, he and I have had that that conversation quite a bit, uh, talking about how our kids will never know what it's like to go to a, a music store, get CDs from a CD store, and now everything is downloaded on iTunes and Amazon, and, and you don't even have to leave the house to get any of the stuff that you want. Uh, our kids will never understand what it's like to go to a toy, st- toy store. I'm talking the old-fashioned Toys R Us, Children's Palace, KB Toys, and going there and just be in awe at all of the amazing stuff that they have out now. You know, it seems like a lot of the toy manufacturers, obviously, obviously, are commercialized, but it seems like they're it's just not the quality or the... The type of toys that we had back in the day, um, I don't. I don't really see a whole lot of these toys being collectible. Um, you know, like like the He-Man stuff. You know, that was a that was a show that ran for six years, I guess, and it had a huge following. And there are well over a hundred, probably close to two hundred He-Man action figures, and it was just the coolest thing because they had a cartoon that went along with the characters and what they would do is when they would, they would, they would introduce a new character on the TV show. They would, they would release that character as a toy. So you could watch the cartoon and in that day hop in the car, run over to Toys R Us or KB Toys and get that character. It was just the coolest thing. They don't have stuff like that anymore. Um, you know they have, they have GI Joes. Now they still have. Um, you know now the Ninja Turtles things is coming back, and it's it's just not the same. You know even even the the, the style of the toys are just completely different. And my son got a, a handful of those toys for Christmas. He he got some of the Ninja Turtles and he got the uh, what's the the assault assault van, which which was pretty cool because it, it was a throwback to the. Old school, original uh, Ninja Turtles, like probably, I guess it would have been late '80s, early '90s of the Assault Band, and that was really cool. So there are some toys now that, and you really got to kind of pay attention and pick and choose. You'll you'll know if it's going to be a collectible. And there are several toys that my son has got that are I can tell or could be one day collectible. So a lot of times if I go out and I'll buy him something, I may go ahead and buy him too. That way I can take and stash one back. Because I really hope that someday he'll appreciate that we did that. Uh, and not to mention, you know, some of that stuff, uh, he, he's five, like I said, but he's really big into comic book characters, you know, superheroes. He's real, big, not really so much into the comic books. Um, you know, he, he's a lot like me. He he derived a lot of his, his love for superheroes from actually from the movies I I wasn't really big into comic books Um, I remember uh, obviously the Superman back in the early 80s uh, the Christopher Reeve movies uh, that was kind of my first uh, my first experience with superheroes Uh, back in that day they also had the Hulk the Hulk series uh, with Lou Ferrigno which was I watch that show now and it's just terrible Uh, you can actually find that show on Hulu Um, there was a crappy spider-man uh series and maybe some movies i I don't really remember but then there was wonder woman there was the greatest great american hero there was a lot of shows like that that were just um it just really got me into the superhero stuff uh and then in 1989 i believe uh the the first batman movie came out and that was probably the first movie that just really really drew me in I remember back when we were kids so I would have been around about 10, 10 years old at the time that summer when that movie came out my brother and I would go to the theater and we would probably watch that movie twice a week and we would when we would go we would stay there and watch it two times three times you know however long uh, dad would would allow us to to stay there and I just watched it over and over again And it became one of those movies that I knew word for word. And then, obviously, the VHS came out. We ended up getting that. And I would watch that movie every day after school. Now, I'm not really much into the Batman now. You know, when you had the the Batman, Batman Returns, and then, like, once you got into, like, after that with the Val Kilmer Batman, it kind of got bad, and and I kind of lost interest. And I really haven't picked back up. Uh, on the, the newer uh, Batman, you know, the very very brooding, very dark Batman. It's just not really my thing. I'm really more into the X-Men. And that was another another thing. Uh, back in, uh, I guess it would have been the 90, 91, uh, the X-Men TV show came out, or the cartoon came out. And that was just really cool. Um, and then I really started getting into a lot of the action figures uh, for, for the superheroes. Um, Toy Biz was actually the one that, that created those toys, um, and I've been able to find a lot of those uh, in packages still. It, it was uh, I've been pretty fortunate. Uh, just recently, I picked up a, uh, a Venom. I'm I'm really big into Venom and Gambit. Those were my you know those were my probably two favorite characters, and I did end up reading a little bit of the comics from them, uh, but more than anything, just from the TV shows and the video games and stuff. Uh, I picked up a venom a talking venom and believe it or not when you push the little button the little backpack thing that goes on him and you push the button he actually talks in fact here I got it I got it right here I don't know if you can understand what he says pretty morbid pretty morbid for a kid's toy but I was really I was really impressed that uh, that this thing the batteries <laughs> still worked in it um, looking at the the package it's from uh, 1991, and it still has the KB uh, sticker on it. That was originally priced looks like 8.99, and it was marked down to 3.99. I'm sure, and I I picked it up for like six bucks or something at the local toy show. I've also picked up some other stuff pretty recently. I found a 10 uh, inch tall Gambit X Men. Uh, actually, there's a toy show they have about every I think it's every two months on the on the Sundays. Uh, and it's, it, it's just it's so, it's so awesome because there's so many vendors that show up. And it was actually on an episode. This toy show was actually on an episode of uh, Toy Hunter, which is a show that I, I really enjoy. And it's, it's, um, it's, it's, I'm, I live on the outskirts, the far outskirts of St. Louis. And it's, it's just really neat to go in there and look at the toys. And that's where I find a lot of my stuff. And it's a lot of stuff from my age. It's not really, not really as much antique. It's more of vintage, which, God, it makes me feel so old thinking that the toys that I played with are vintage, you know? The toys that I played with are 30 years old. And it's just, it really makes me feel very old. But, you know, still, I'm a kid at heart. I am a Toys R Us kid, and I will always be. But anyway, it's it's just so cool because, you, you know, you'll, you'll find a bin of He-Man guys guys are selling them for like two bucks a piece so i've picked up some from my son and i dig through there to see if there's any that that i haven't been able to uh to find before and that i may have had when i was a kid that i lost or broke or what have you um more than anything a lot of them have not a lot of them but i've had several of them that have have broke and it's just kind of unfortunate because it's it's the legs uh what holds it together the legs at the bottom are actually a rubber band and you know, with over 30 years, they just they get uh, they get deteriorated and they break. So you may want to look and see if you have a toy show like that or something along those lines. You know, near you, you'd really be surprised. Um, a lot of people that I talk to don't don't really know about that toy show that's that's here. And then, like I said, it's it's every two months. Um, usually, kids are free to get in. It cost me like five bucks to get in. But it's well worth it for the, a lot of the stuff that, that I find. Um, not just toys either. You know, they have video games. Um, I was able to, much very recently, I was able to pick up an old Nintendo uh, to replace the one that I had lost. I still had all the old games, and I even had my power glove and, and all that stuff, but I, I could not find my system. So I picked this up, and like with any Nintendo, I had to replace the 72-pin connector... Uh, which is pretty easy. Um, so if you have an old Nintendo and it doesn't work, don't throw it away. Uh, it is really, really easy to fix these things, and it only costs you about ten bucks. They're, they still make the connectors. You you get online, you can find them on eBay. You can find them on Amazon. Um, just all you got to do is pop the top off, and there's about ten screws you pull out, and you lift the motherboard out. You slide the thing off, stick the new one back on, and put it all back together. It's it's super easy. And, and another issue is just with the games not playing and, and they're just dirty so i take a, a little q-tip and some rubbing alcohol um i also have a little like old toothbrush that i'll spray some on there and just get in there and just scrub those contacts that's all you got to do uh, they do make a tool that you can pull those those games apart you know if you really want to get down to the wire and really really clean them but i find that that's not usually necessary so on the topic of Nintendo and video games, uh, just to give you a little background on that for me. I'm not a huge gamer. Um, I was kind of late in the game. You know, Nintendo came out around '85, and it was probably '89 before I was able to to get one. Uh, number one, they were just so expensive. I mean, back then that was they were $200 for a Nintendo. Um, that was a lot of money, and, and that really depended on. Which which system you got? If you got the one where it had extra games, obviously that was more. I think they had one with different controllers, and uh, it, but for just for a basic, you know, you were looking at one hundred and fifty to two hundred dollars back in nineteen eighty nine. That was that's equivalent to about four hundred to four hundred fifty dollars these days, which is you know pretty normal for a, a system. Uh, I guess the Xbox, you know, the Xbox One or the PS Four is going for probably around that i think the xbox one's around 350 so it's it's all uh about that same price um and then i want to say probably around 91 or 92 uh we ended up getting a sega now i didn't get the sega my little brother ended up getting the sega which was you know it it kind of kind of made me mad but you know hey uh, i still loved my nintendo and i still have most of the games uh that, that we played um it really is amazing how back back then, um, how how blind we were to how crappy these games and how crappy these graphics are. Uh, I remember when the Nintendo came out versus the Atari, which we had before then. Uh, it was it was like night and day. You're like wow. Um, then the Sega came out, you know, and it was like wow. It's look at these graphics. You know, you're <laughs> 16-bit. Holy crap! How do they do that? Everything, you know, you can actually see the eyes and the characters. You can actually see um, minute details uh, in, in some of the characters and the backgrounds and stuff. And now you look back, you play these games, and you're, you know, when you're coming from, let's say, an Xbox or a PlayStation, and you realize how crappy these, these uh, graphics actually were. And then going back nowadays and playing those games, and... Uh, Thinking how how easy you were, how easy they were, and how good you were at these games. Uh, now it goes. I go back and play them, and I realize either I'm just getting older. They were pretty hard. Um, obviously, they weren't to the extent of a lot of games these these days. You know, like uh, you know on the on the current current consoles like the Xbox and PlayStation. Um, but what what I get a kick out of is when my son uh, when I first got an op- operating uh, Nintendo system, and I pulled out a lot of my games, and he, I'm like, man, he's got these down. He's five years old, and he can sit down and play in Justice League and kick my butt at it with no problem. I'm like, he's going to really get a kick out of these games, and they're going to be so easy for him. I sat down with him, and we started playing, uh, I think it was Mario Brothers, and he could not get past the first level. I just don't understand him. I, I tell him, I said, son, it's, it's only, you know, there's only three buttons. You got your you're up, down, left, right, and then you got your A and B, jump and run, and it really shouldn't be that hard. But he just could not get the hang of it. Uh, so I plugged in my old Sega, and uh, thinking, well, maybe that might be a little bit more up his alley because there's some games that are are more like current games where there there's you know side to side. It's not just run and jump. Um, and I we tried playing Street Fighter 2, and he couldn't do it. it. It was three and it's three buttons. Uh, well, on some segas it was six buttons, uh, and then you're up and down your D-pad. So, um, so yeah, so that's you know that, that's a little bit of background on me. I, uh, you know, a lot of the toys that I look for at the toy show now that you know you'll hear probably brought up a lot uh, during during this during the show uh, is um, you know He-Man, Thundercats, Mask, Star Wars, Voltron, Transformers. Um, You know, even stuff like Super Soakers and and uh, uh, laser tag, the original laser tag, not that crap that you go and play. Uh, There used to be, I'm sure, some of you that are around my age probably remember back in the uh, probably would have been late '80s. They actually had a laser tag that you could buy. It had a, and there was different accessories you could buy. You could buy the helmet. Uh, You could buy obviously the gun with the holster. Uh, There was a vest that you could wear there was a hat with a little siren thing which was actually a sensor and then there was a little base that you could buy that you would set in you know the middle of the room or wherever you were playing and it would actually play against you Uh, this thing would shoot at you it would or you could shoot at it and it had a little timer of how many times it got shot and how many times that you shot it um you know really cool really high tech stuff too for back in the back then it was uh it really amazes me that now kids go out and they'll, they'll spend hours and hours and hundreds of dollars playing, you know, laser tag at the mall or wherever it is. And it's like, why doesn't somebody come back out with an at home laser tag like that? I I don't really understand it. I don't know what happened to, uh, to that company that made it. I'm not really sure who exactly made it, um, and why they quit selling it. So anyway, uh, you know, along with that, we have the X-Men figures, um, uh, micro Machines, Power Wheels, Legos, you know, all the stuff that we thought was cool, you know. We got cartoons, that, Saturday Morning Cartoons. That was another topic of discussion that I've had with my, my good friend Eric. And, uh, you know, we that they are, uh, I think they announced recently, within the last year, that uh, Saturday Morning Cartoons are officially gone. So, I say we start a movement to bring Saturday Morning Cartoons back. You know, let's let's see those Thundercats. Let's let's see He-Man. Uh, hell, even Pee-wee's, Pee-wee's big uh, Pee-wee's Playhouse. Uh, you can actually find that show. I found that show on Netflix. Um, I- I'm kind of interested. I haven't started watching it yet. Uh, I kind of want to sit down with my son. I want to see what he thinks about it. Um, as crazy and goofy as Pee-wee Herman was, we all watched him and we all tried to do our impersonation of him. So that's going to about sum up the show. You know, like I said, I just wanted this to be a quick introduction. And uh, what I'm going to do on each episode, uh, just to kind of have a little fun and, and maybe play play a little bit of, of a game, I guess you could say, is I'm going to play uh, the first few seconds of a TV show, cartoon, um, and I want you to see if you can figure out who it is. So you can... I'm gonna do this on each episode, and in the following episode, if you listen in, I will tell you the correct answer, and so you can kind of play along with yourself and see if see if you were correct. You can also throw your uh, your answers up on on our Facebook page. Uh, just just search for Masters of the Retroverse on Facebook, and uh, you can also post if you find any toys or anything like that. Just just that you th- thought of recently or you found skimming the internet or somebody post a picture of something throw it up there you know let's all relive our past together uh something that that i was just thumbing through and i actually threw a picture of it up on our facebook page was the the mad balls if you guys remember those they were just these little balls with these ugly gross looking faces on them and they're pretty useless because you couldn't really bounce them although they were filled with air they were squishy but you couldn't really bounce them because, obviously, they had a face and they weren't exactly symmetrical. Uh, they were more of just, I don't know, I guess, to sit on your shelf and try to gross people out. We had a lot of gross stuff back in back then, you know, with that and all the, the ooze and the slime. And, uh, you know, there were shows like Double Dare that did the whole slime thing. And then you have uh, <laughs> Garbage Pail Kids. You know, probably the most disgusting thing, but, God, I loved those things when I was a kid. We would collect the cards, and me and my cousin would try to trade them off. And, you know, the cards were stickers. you peel those off and stick them all over the place. And and now I kind of wish that I hadn't done that because I've seen that some of those cards are worth quite a bit of money. So, anyway, find us on Facebook. Give us a shout. Let us know if you find anything. And uh, I hope you guys enjoy this show. And here is the clip of the cartoon or TV show from the 80s or 90s. Let's see if you can guess it. And we'll see you guys next time on another episode of Masters of the Retroverse. And don't forget, there's nothing wrong with living in the past. Peace settled across the galaxy. On planet Earth, a galaxy alliance was formed. Together with the good planets of the solar system, they maintained peace throughout the universe. Until a new horrible menace